I don't know whether you can hear me or not. Maybe some of what I'm saying will echo through. Alright, welcome back to Trust God Bro, episode 16. And so today we got a longtime listener, Heidi Bradle. Um, she's always pumping up the show. And so I'm really excited to have her on. And um, yeah, and so do you just want to start off by introducing yourself and like who are you? Okay, so I'm Heidi. I grew up in Roanoke, so a small town girl. My graduating class was 40, so I come from knowing um, the same group of people all throughout. I um, currently live in Peoria, and I teach kindergarten at Southside Christian Academy. Hmm. And I'm 27 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that matters, but... Sure, people probably think or are, are wondering or whatever. So today we're talking about singleness, and so this can be like a, a touchy subject, but I also know it's a lot of stuff that people really want to talk about, and so I'm really glad... Heidi is on here for a lot of reasons, and when I first asked her to do it, I didn't really even intend to ask you to do it for singleness, really, but, like, I had it in the back of my mind, I wanted you to, but it's like, no one's, like, jumping on to do a podcast about singleness, it's like, dude, I, people, like, for me to ask someone to do a podcast on marriage, it's like, who doesn't, I mean, like, tons of people, it'd be really easy for me to, like, ask someone, but, like, singleness, and that's just the way, this is where we're coming from in our culture, like, man, like, it'd be really, like, it's like hard to ask someone to do someone like on singleness, but really um, that's not the biblical perspective that we get from singleness. And so we're going to have a great dialogue about like, what does it mean for us? And also like Heidi has like a ton of um, just godly insight on what it means to live life, um, trusting God as single and just like all the, all these aspects. Cause there's, there's so many sides to it. Um, whether it's like intentional or unintentional singleness. And so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, so just to, to start out, I think I, I want to like say um, when, when we think about singleness, like what does the Bible say about like singleness? So like what does it mean for the context of like marriage too? And so when like Jesus is talking to his disciples, he like gives them like the, the vision of like marriage. Like this is what it is. Whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality, Morality and marries another commits adultery and they're kind of like hey, that's too hard like we don't want that and he's like well the the biblical the godly alternative is singleness and he says there are eunuchs who have been so from birth there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by men and there are eunuchs who have been made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom let the one who is able to receive this receive it and so it's like saying like if you don't want to be married it's like singleness is like the godly alternative and that includes sexual like purity Sometimes you could think of singleness like, oh man, like, um, in terms of the world, like, you're, you're not being committed to someone, but really it's like, you're, you're just being committed to a lifestyle of, like, sexual purity, and so that includes that. And so, Heidi, you were sharing before how you kind of have, like, a passion to share that with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, how has that, like, worked out in your life and... Yeah, so to start off, I was the girl that would read Passion and Purity every summer, just because I love the story of Jim... And Elizabeth Elliot, and if you're not familiar with it, it's about how Elizabeth waited seven years, um, basically to get married to this missionary, Jim. And through it, she just gives a lot of practical advice of how, um, just how to be a woman of God. And I 
I, I have a bad memory, so mm-hmm. I feel like I would read it a lot just to be reminded of the truth in that. And um, also, just I became a Christian my freshman year in high school, and I was the girl in high school that I decided I'll kiss dating goodbye, and I wrote an article in the school newspaper about why I don't want to date and why <laughs> I believe God has a higher calling, why I would much rather be in a relationship courting and not. And so those just starting from high school with that passion and that purpose, I feel like I obviously continue to believe in those decisions and through the Bible, ultimately every day, um, seeing God's heart for purity, I feel, um, I just have a desire that the people around me can see the benefits of waiting for a godly marriage and waiting for God's timing. I think a lot of singleness is just truly being satisfied in the Lord and then truly being obedient to the Lord in that. And I think I'm really passionate about seeing people obey the Lord so they can, yeah, so they can feel, fulfill God's purpose in their life. Hmm. You hit on a lot of good points and especially the part where you're saying like, you need to be obedient to God first. And so this is where we get this perspective of like relationships and like what are the context of relationships that we have with each other. And there's this tendency that we have in um, church today and even like all over the world of like to swing one way or the other. Like it's more godly to be single. It's more godly to be married. And this is where we get the clear picture of what it means to be married and to be single. And when Jesus says like, um, you're in error because you don't know the scriptures of the power of God. The resurrect At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They'll be like the angels in heaven. And so this means there's, there is marriage in heaven, but there's only going to be one marriage in heaven. That's between God and his bride. And so this is where you get the correct thing of like the earthly marriage is pointing to the picture of being married with, to Christ. And so that's the only marriage that we'll have. And that can seem like a bummer to some people, but really it's like, it's going to be so much more satisfying, so much more beautiful. And, and so that's, I only have like two real points I'm trying to hit in this. And I think the the first one is that singleness is a gift. It's like from like Heidi talking and us sharing, I hope you see that it's a gift that God gives and it should be received like as thankful and you want to use a gift. And the second is Christians are already married. And so that's just what we're talking about. Like you when you said like we're obedient to Christ first and like seeing that gives you a good perspective. Um, and so Christians are already married. And so if you want to um, have a good marriage, you're going to be married twice and really you have to be married to Christ first. And if you're not, it's not going to go well. But um, yeah, I, I think um, this would probably just be good for people. There's, there's probably a lot of questions people are just kind of circulating in their head. Um, and I think um, one of them is like, how have you dealt with this? I'm sure people want to hear more about your personal story too. So I think this would be a good time if you want to like um, share some of that. But Yeah, so I guess just, yeah. So like I mentioned in high school, um, being passionate about not dating, I went into college with the mindset of being super prayerful and really praying and surrendering um, marriage and giving that to the Lord. Um, throughout college, I've had different crushes at different times. I would just pray a lot, um, for these people. And if I'm being honest, I thought I would get married before I graduated college. There's a part of me that didn't, I went to school for teaching and I did have a passion to teach and I did write out bucket list ideas of what I would do if I was a teacher. And, but deep down, I just wanted to be a stay at home mom and just get married. 
Um, so I, if I'm honest, I liked a guy for a consistent see of four years. I was really passionate about giving that to the Lord. And it seemed almost like God kept giving me signs, which, um, I know God can work in you signs, but I also think I just made that too much of an idol in my life and obsessed way too much over that. Um, so when he did get engaged and then married to a friend of mine, it was really hard. I, um, I doubted God. I doubted any of his goodness. I doubted my worth. I felt really insecure. And the whole time, most people didn't even know this was going on. Um, but then that has shaped from that moment. That was pretty much all four years of college that I liked this person. So I feel like by liking this person, I was really close-minded to other guys. And I didn't really per... Like, I was just constantly in group settings and having fun with the people I was around, but I never really considered any other guy. Um, so then starting my career as a teacher, um, I worked in a public school and lived at home with my parents. So I kind of cut off... And this is also around the time this guy got married. And so I kind of cut myself off from community. And that was a huge thing that I have learned is just how much... Even in singleness, we do need community mm -hmm. and we need to be around the people um, that are like-minded and the people who are in our stage or even younger or older. But I think I was in a bitter place, so I um, didn't really want to pour into the people mm -hmm. around me in the closest. In the meantime, while this is happening, um, my closest friends got married and even my younger brother. So my, other, my younger brother's a year and a half younger and... He got married. Um, right now he has two girls and he's living what I thought would have been my dream. And then as time progressed, I started liking this other guy. And this time, everyone else around me kept thinking we would be perfect together. He was roommates with my cousin. He was out of state. I would go and visit my cousin a lot. And I this time it was like everyone else telling me, oh, you guys would be perfect. You guys would do ministry really well. And he actually got engaged to... Um, one of my high school girls camp campers, <laughs> and wow. it was, uh, again, just really hard. But that day before that happened, I read in Isaiah 55.8, um, and it was the Lord saying, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. And then I found out that news, and it was just God smacking me in the face of what I am idolizing and what... Um, basically that my life is not my own. And I think so often I kept trying to write my love story. I thought the more intentional I could be with this guy or the more I could seek out this relationship, it will happen. And there's a part of me, no matter what I do in life, I'm going to try to do really good at that. So if it's a job, I'm going to do whatever I can to get my dream job. If it's marriage, I'm thinking whatever I can do, I, I will do whatever I can to get mm -hmm. married. And I think that was a huge sin issue of not being dependent on the Lord, but trying to write my own story when my my life is in the hands of God. So um, he definitely woke me up with that. And that was about three years ago. But I kind of got in this rut. Um, more of my closer friends got married. And I kind of got in this rut of like, it's time to start making new friends. It's time to, um, maybe it's my life is not going to look like the like the life of those around me. I think there's this, I, um, in a way I kind of felt like a social outcast for my age. Mm -hmm. So I'm starting to get in my upper older twenties and in the secular world, people think it's crazy that I even want to be married. But in the Christian world, there's so many times people come up to me and, Oh, why aren't you married? Or 
then my younger sister, five years younger than me, gets married and people come up like, oh, is that hard? Do you even want to be married? Or do you just like your independent mm. life in the South Side? <laughs> oh, and no. things like that um, just can get at me and mm. um, make me truly feel like I'm not at the right place. But at the end of the day, um, as I do ministry, it is so apparent that I am exactly where God has called me. Mm. Um, because I am single, I'm able to reach out to a lot of my um, a lot of the moms at the school where I teach are my friends, and a lot of them are single, and we can relate to so many issues. And because of my vulnerability and just of just my honesty and my singleness, we can really connect, and they can trust me, I think, so much more because they've been there or they get it. Um, I also work out with some friends at the gym, and a lot of them— um, yeah, aren't truly living for the Lord. And there's been so many conversations where they would blatantly be like, Heidi, why have you not have sex? Why have you not have had sex before? And it just opens the door um, to truth and to mm-hmm. sharing why I didn't and why I am saving myself for marriage and why God, why that's okay right now and why God has another plan. Mm. Yeah. I think, I mean, literally you illustrated everything I wanted to talk about. Like you literally just like had it presented in your own life, everything I wanted to touch on. And so I'm probably just going to recap just everything you said and we're just going to break it down and just probably talk about the rest of time. But first of all, thanks for being so open. I know like that's hard to share those things and like, um, yeah, but I think it's really helpful for people to hear that. And I think that's the, my intention in this is just for people to, to walk away from this. It's like, I want to worship the Lord more wherever you're at. And so also, if, if you're married and listening to this, keep listening. I know it's about singleness, but this applies to you too. And so keep listening. <laughs> so, and so you said something like being like a social outcast and someone uh, online wrote this and I, I, I wrote it down just because it's pretty close. I think this is what a lot of people feel. It's like the hard part is the cultural shame of singleness. Being seemingly unwanted and undesirable is painful. And it's true. And um, I think that's something that we fight um, today. And I think it's just probably natural because um, it just over time in like history, this is the way the Bible viewed it too in the Old Testament of like people were looked down on, I guess, to be single of like, because um, that was the sense of kind of like prosperity, I guess. And, like, even when um, there's the verse, when Jephthah returned to see, um, his, he said, he made a promise, like, whatever I see, like, coming back from this battle, I will give to the Lord. I will sacrifice to the Lord. He comes back, sees his daughter, and, um, yeah, so he, he honors this, and he and pretty much, like, she's going to die. And this is what she says, like, she's like, give me two months to roam the hills and weep with my friends because I will never marry. Mm-hmm. And she's not weeping really for her life even. She's like, because I didn't marry. And that's just kind of the way you see, like, it looked in the Old Testament. And so, like, in the New Testament, though, we have a completely new, like, standard of what, like, singleness is. And, like, Paul takes it and elevates it to something, like, that's extremely high and says, like, this is, I prefer most people to do that. And not saying just, um, there, we could probably talk more about that, but just for now, this is what he says. He elevates it to what it was. And not saying one's better than the other, but it's like singleness is a gold. It's gold. And then marriage is gold. They're both gold. And it's like when you're ready to switch the gold of singleness for the gold of marriage, or like, you know. Yeah, so just, I think, just to understand, they're both gold. 
And so th- she actually finishes when the statement that she said, this person that wrote it online, she said, Scripture gives honor and belongings to singles like me. Our Savior, the perfect picture of humanity, was himself single, which gives dignity to my single status. And Christ has placed all of us, whether single or married, in a family, giving us a place, a purpose, an ultimate aim, Christ-likeness. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we. I want to talk more about that, of like community, and why is that necessary? And that's also like, and Sam Albury's book, Seven Myths of Singleness, just came out, so check it out. Um, but the, one of the myths is like, there's no like intimacy, and there's no like family, and that's like a myth. And so I think um, it'd be cool if we, you want to talk about how that's like worked out in your life, how have you found community or like, what are some like, um, applications you'd give to people, I guess? Yeah. So to first of all, start off, my married friends are still some of my best friends today. And so I'm so thankful Mm -hmm. that even though they got married, they still include me in their conversations. They still invite me. I still invite them. Like we still have that communication. So for those who are married, who are listening, um, don't just leave your single friends in the dust, like bring them along with you and still have those conversations. I feel like, um, some of my friends have been married for now five years and I'm learning, they're definitely past the honeymoon stage, Mm -hmm. but I'm learning so much about marriage just by watching their lives, Mm -hmm. um, the good and the bad of it. So I feel like my view of marriage is realistic because of that. So I'm super thankful, but I also would say, um, I can so often feel the lies and the guilt, or not guilt, but the self-pity of singleness. Mm -hmm. And I hate being alone. I'm a type seven, right? Mm -hmm. So I I hate being, yeah, by myself. But I think when there are times that I'm invited to something and I am alone, um, it just is such a good opportunity to find someone else to invite, whether it's a student from the school Mm -hmm. or whether it's a girl I mentor or... Um, just making new friends. I feel like I've been um, just over the past few years, just making every year. It's just like I keep meeting different people and making new connections. And that's so important. And I think right now um, there's a group of us and it's just a bunch of upper 20 somethings who hang out from different churches. And I'm just so thankful who I'm just so thankful to spend time with people who truly can relate and people that love the Lord and are passionate um, for his mission. So it definitely has helped being able to have people that you can serve alongside Mm. as well as share with and even accountability. I think obviously Mm -hmm. without being married, like there are temptations to fall into sin. There are temptations to be um, talking to a guy for myself in an unhealthy way Mm. or not having boundaries, but I definitely think having accountability with someone older um, has definitely helped me stay on track and to um, really stay focused in that. Pulling people into your boat and taking them in with you is kind of what you're talking about, um, the way you live your life. And I think that is like shows you what it means to use the gift of singleness. And like you're using this, it's like it's not an exemption to live for yourself. Um, in, in the same way, I just like it's it's an opportunity to to serve God in a way that most people probably can't serve God, and just for the sake of um, time and for the sake of um, you're just able to. I know it's like sounds kind of like vague, but it's it just opens up lots of doors that you wouldn't have, and just like having those eyes to look for other people, like who can I bring in with me? Who can I like be helping? Where can I um, spend my time with other people? And really, it's a yeah, it just opens the doors. It's like you may not be 
discipling or growing your own children, but your um, other children of Christ. And so uh, that that's like a, a side point I want to talk about later too, but it's like the, the Great Commission, like uh, the original one of like, go be fruitful and multiply is now extended to the Great Commission of like, um, go out and make disciples of all the nations. And you really see that just like in singleness of like, it's so much of a gift. And I think that's like a really awesome thing that we should herald and kind of like hold up really high and be like, hey, this is really good. Um, in the same way that creating um, families and raising children to follow Christ is really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you wanted to give things that help. Yeah. So I would say in addition to having good community, um, I do think it's like, there are times that I could say like, oh, I'm burning with passion. Mm -hmm. And I think that's normal for obviously guys. I feel like Mm -hmm. definitely they get their rap for that, but Mm -hmm. I think women as well can feel that way. And yet it's like, what are we supposed to do? Like we can't initiate marriage or we can't, um, I don't want to be the one to initiate a relationship, but in addition to having an accountability partner and just keeping um, up to speed with my life, I think it's so important. Um, pretty consistently, I will fast once a week. I mean, like as in every single week for a whole entire year and just being really constant in by fasting one day, I truly have to depend on the Lord and give that to the Lord and seek Him for help. And I think that has been super helpful. I also... Um, just find it super, um, super encouraging just to listen to other podcasts of other Christian women or other pastors who talk specifically on just boundaries or what we're going through. Um, I think that's, it's super important that if you are single and if you're, um, maybe whether you're struggling or whether you're thriving to just Mm -hmm. hear what other Christian speakers influenced by the Holy Spirit, um, say and what they can just different tips that they give to help. And I also, I love a good romantic movie, but I also have to just really mm. limit how much I watch as a girl because I can be so emotionally mm. involved in that and mm. then desire that. And so I'm not trying to say it's wrong, yeah. but I definitely think um, definitely limiting what I put in. Um, mm. And then one other thing I do while like just trying to glorify God the most in my singleness is acting as if I was already married. What mm-hmm. would I really, how would I really act? How will I respond to people? And most importantly, how would I respond to guys? I think if I have the mindset as if I'm married, how would I have, tr- how would I treat the guy next to me if I was already committed to someone else? And then that brings us back to the main point of we are already, you know, married to Christ mm-hmm. and um, yeah, how should I be acting to the people around me when I have that mindset? So that has been really helpful for me um, to just strive in my thrive, thrive. try to try to thrive, <laughs> strive, strive, to, strive thrive. to thrive um, in singleness. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a great like principle to walk by, um, and because there's a verse in Titus where it says like he gives like the tells like you know older women treat do this, younger women do this, old older brothers in the church do this, and he's like younger men treat your like sisters in Christ, treat them as you would your sister. And I'm paraphrasing, but he's pretty much says like, if you wouldn't do this with your sister, like your actual sister, then you wouldn't do this with this girl. And so that's just mm-hmm. kind of a good rule of thumb to be, um, go by because 
you don't know until like you're married, you don't know who that person is going to be. So even if you are technically like dating, I would say um, try to keep that like purity, pursue purity and with all relationships because you're only going to be married to one person if you are married. It's only going to be one person. So you're going to have to learn how to have good relationships with everyone. And so I think that was um, good to bring that up and with media too of like understanding like what am I like consuming because a lot of what we consume isn't realistic. And like you said, just like um, one application I thought of like, get your perspective of marriage and singleness from the people around you more so than like media. And I'm not saying don't watch movies because I love like to watch like movies, but I'm saying like you're saying too, just kind of like understanding, like being um, conscious of like what you're consuming and like, how are you like letting those thoughts? Are you romanticizing something in your head? Good too, of like just being able to control your thought life in a way of like taking, cause you'll have like passions or whatever and you have to learn how to take those and control them in a godly way. And so even like romanticizing about someone or a relationship with someone, like those aren't like good things to do. And so learning how to like control that in a way that's like godly um, is also something, I don't know, you, you mentioned too of like how you, um, and like, this is just like, it's just like for everyone, like like for me and for, for everyone, like I feel like most people like have a crush of some sort or whatever, if you're not dating or you're not married and you'll like romanticize about it probably. And I think, knowing how to like not do that (laughs) is really good so i don't know what else to say about that but so i was going through and editing this podcast and i realized i just said not to (laughs) do something and i think that's terrible discipleship and i was just going back and you can't just tell someone not to do something without giving them a promise or motivation to not to do that and so i think when those times comes when you're thinking about having a family with someone, naming your kids Jimmy and Bobby and stuff, I would just say pray for the other person when those thoughts come of wanting to romanticize about it. Instead, just it's okay to admire someone, but there is a line that it crosses because we're called to walk in all purity. Just pray for that person, not that even that you would have them, but that they would grow in God, to love him more, and to kill idols in their heart and stuff like that, I would say, um, would be healthy. All right, now back to the episode. I do think another thing, when I do have that self-pity or when it is kind of like, why am I single and oh, feel yeah. like stuck? Or um, even just like with, it's like, okay, so I can't romanticize about this person. I can't think this. Like, then what do I do or what do mm-hmm. I think? And something, I, another practice that I do that truly has helped is just writing every single day five things I'm thankful for mm-hmm. and ways that God has showed up. And I think by really stopping and thinking about how God has showed up, mm-hmm. I can then be content that there's not someone in the picture for that day, you know? Yeah. And I think of Bob Goff saying, like, you can do anything for 30 seconds, whether that's loving someone for 30 seconds, but sometimes I have to go through day by day. Mm-hmm. Like, I can be single for one day. Mm-hmm. I can be single for one day. Yeah. I can be single for one day and keep having that mindset. Sure. I think so. and that's like so good. Like that was another thing I wanted to hit of like, what is the gift of singleness? And he talks about this and I, I have a commentary with me. I'm not going to get it out right now, but there I will want to use it later for something else. But when he's talking about first Corinthians seven, when he's like talking about like the gift of singleness, the gift of marriage, like what is that? And this is what a lot of people say. And not everyone will agree with this, but the gift of singleness is like, did you wake up today 
were you single? If yes, then you have the gift of singleness. <laughs> and so it's like just kind of yeah. this grid you can walk through. It's not too hard. If you wake up to stay married, then uh, yes, then yeah, you're, you got the gift of marriage. Congrats. But it, it's like, dude, I think sometimes it's like, man, am I like using, do I have it or not or whatever? It, I don't think it's really talking about that. And John Stott, he's also like a commentary. He like wrote a lot of commentaries, stuff like that. Um, super awesome guy. He actually was single his whole life or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't know all the details about him, but I just know he's like really great. Like everything he writes is super great. But he's he says like the the discernment like of that is like it's kind of just this thing you discern over time, too. And um, but it's also something that happens like today. Like what are you and like how can you use that? And so mm-hmm. I guess that's a, a question I guess I could have for you. Like and you've already answered it, but like do you always see like singleness as a gift? Like how? Do you see singleness as a gift today or? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's so funny you ask that because those closest to me, I feel like would see the parts where I really do cry about being single some days or I can be really frustrated um, just about where I am at, where I am at in life. So I don't want to sound like I'm the most content person because I'm definitely not. Um, But however... Um, I do see it as a gift. I see so many opportunities um, just in my past year where I couldn't have either shared the gospel with this person if I was married. I couldn't have um, reached out to this mom um, if I was married. She probably wouldn't have trusted my advice. And so I definitely see those parts in their like little glimmers of hope. And then they also remind me of like, this is my purpose of being single right now. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, I will be honest, there are days where, yeah, it just feels impossible or it doesn't make sense. And it also doesn't seem like a gift. It feels almost like a punishment. Like, mm-hmm. oh, am I still single because I, you know, didn't surrender to the Lord enough? Or I, you know, I can have all this doubt of who I am and thinking that singleness is a curse. But I would say overall, it definitely mm-hmm. can be a gift. Yeah. Hmm. No, I mean, thanks for sharing that. I think there's probably a lot of um, what people will think. One of the myths of uh, singleness that he talks about in his book, Sam Albury, is that there's no intimacy in singleness. And I think, I'm like, like he says, it is a myth because intimacy, if you only like see it in marriage, it's like you don't really understand like intimacy that well. Like you can have that with your friends and with the people around you. And I think like living like uh, authentic Christianity can like create that. And so like, have you found like intimacy outside of marriage? Like, is that something that you think you can like have in some way or? Yeah, actually, so someone recently complimented me and said like, wow, you're just really an intentional friend. And I do think because I don't have that one person I'm going home to every night, I can be intentional with how I use my time and with the people I pour into. I do, um, they always say like who you are single is who you are married. And I think because of that, I do try to have a close relationship with the Lord and by having a close relationship with the Lord, I can feel, I really can feel satisfied Mm -hmm. in the everyday because of that. And then I feel like my needs are met Mm -hmm. through the Lord. You know, a believer needs to have the need of, um, 
dependency met, they have to have the need of security met. And I feel like if you are truly in the word of God, you can have those needs being met by God. Mm-hmm. And so I can feel that intimate part. Yeah. And I do think... Oh, I, I, I think I know what you're going to say. You can go ahead. There you go. <laughs> well, I mean, you're probably going to say something along the lines of like, there is like intimacy that's like different. It's like, then like, what's the point of marriage? You, mm-hmm. Someone would probably say. And so I think we, we want to talk about that. But just like continuing, like kind of what you're saying, like you can have your loneliness and these things. Because if you're coming to marriage, you're like looking for it to meet your your loneliness or dependency or uh, any of those things, then it's it's not going to end well. Like because that person isn't going to be your savior, and if you're looking to them to be your savior, um, it, it's going to let you down, and there's going to be a lot of problems. So just like looking to Christ for that fulfillment. And for example, if like if you're a Christian, you're married to Christ, and I didn't really understand this completely, but I, the other day, like I, I was gassing up, and I was just like thinking, I was like, oh, like you know, like God, like that day in the line or whatever. That's that's like really cool, and like just having this like you know kind of just this conversation, like you're just like, hey, like God's like with me, and just like a really insignificant thing, and just kind of laughing at it or whatever. But then I was like, wow, like God, like you're like so amazing and so awesome and like so it's it's pretty much like being married to god being married to christ is like the ultimate marriage like you realize like how well you married like why are you with me and you just realize you can have those like small moments of like those funny things that happen like with him because it's just a relationship Mm -hmm. but then you can also have moments where you realize like wow like how did i like end up with you and you see how much he loves you Mm -hmm. and like gave up for you yeah and i think that's like just like treat like seeing like walking in like a relationship with God can like satisfy a lot of those longings that um we have and so um yeah mm-hmm. and that also makes me think of you know the you know classic Philippians 4:13 mm-hmm. like I can do all things through Christ which strengthens who strengthens me but when you look at the verse right before it's mm-hmm. like I can I know the secret of godliness is contentment mm-hmm. and I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Yes. And how much in order to have that contentment in Christ, we do need the strength of God um, to make that possible. Hmm. Yeah. So I think the kind of thing we're, we're approaching, and I think we're going to have to answer this before we end, is like, then what's the point like of marriage? Like, how can you like tell? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up the commentary because... They do a really good job of going through like First uh, Corinthians seven, and so yeah, we're just gonna. I'm just gonna read what they write because they're gonna word it a lot better than I can. So this is the like chapter that Paul addresses in marriage, and he's kind of the the Corinthian church when it comes to relationships is kind of messed up. Like there was a person like having sex with their mom, so you can tell there's a lot of sexual immorality going on. And like Paul, he has to address this, so he gives them the gospel. And he's addressing them, and, and he talks about this is the standard for marriage, and then he says, uh, talks about singleness. So it says, Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it's good for them to stay unmarried as I am, but if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it's better to marry than to burn with passion. So I'm going to just kind of like read this just so you can like get an idea of it. And so it says, um, Here again, Paul implies that one of the main purposes of marriage so that one can find sexual fulfillment in a God-glorifying context. So yeah, some of them were having like sex with like prostitutes and stuff. So it's better to be married than like for the Corinthian church to go through that, obviously. And so he says this is a godly alternative. But then it's not saying like to fix your problems if you're struggling with like pornography or, or whatever. It's like I'm not going to, 
you know, just like get married, this is gonna solve the problem, but it's just show you that like like marriage can like help in a way, but it's not the solution to that, if that makes sense. And so I think what he's talking about here, the thing that's debated a lot of time, like what does this mean to to is better to marry than to burn with passion? And like what is he saying? I think the best like way to word it would just be like, do you desire to be married? You know? It's like is this something that you desire? And I think that's the simplest way I can put it. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. And I'm probably going to reduce that down a lot. But, um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, um, I said no to a proposal. And I think part of it, like, there's this part that I really, really do want to be married. But I just didn't have a piece at when this proposal came. And I, I think it comes down to... Um, like, yeah, if we burn with passion, we need to be married. But then there's also the calling of obedience in what, um, I don't know, just like I just knew that if with this person, we would definitely disagree mm-hmm. ministry, how we view ministry. I guess like hearing you read that verse, I'm like, yeah. we can, even if we desire marriage yeah. so much, um, like myself, I desired marriage so much, and then I get this proposal, but it's someone who... I didn't think could lead me spiritually. I didn't think we could be on the same page, mm-hmm. um, even ministry-wise, or maybe just even how we um, lived out the Bible or the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't get me wrong, I want to be someone's biggest cheerleader, but yeah. I couldn't get on board with maybe how we did ministry. And in that case, I felt like I could better serve the Lord single. And that yes. was just a good reminder of sometimes it truly is better just to be single than to be in a marriage where... Um, you aren't glorifying God as much. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's great. I mean, they're both like, they both have their like difficulties, but I think that that is something to consider. And like, I've heard this a lot of different ways too, like people in the Christian boat of some saying like, Hey, like, you know, 99% of Christian marriages, you could marry like 99% of Christians or something like that. And it would work out. And I agree that for the most part, um, but you also have to look at it of like, there, there are so many things to consider too. Um, just like walking out the, the biblical model of like womanhood and manhood. And I think that like having a good perspective, that's like a good like thing, um, to have, cause you can have a lot of problems when you don't have someone that's like living out the gospel or, um, yeah. So I, I think that is like stuff to consider cause you have people that say that doesn't matter at all. And people say that's like everything, and I think just good to fall in between of like, it's it's not everything, um, but it does play a, a, a some value um, mm-hmm. to our lives. I don't know. But yeah. And I do think that's the problem of being single mm-hmm. for so much longer. I think in my mind, which I read Sacred Sacred Search mm-hmm. by Gary Thomas, um, but in that he talks a lot of what we should look for in a future spouse. But I think, I guess I also want to just encourage those who are single too. I think I have been, I don't know, there were times where I almost had too high of expectations for the guys around me and too, I was almost so determined that I need a guy um, that does this and is like this and has this personality where I think we truly need to Mm -hmm. be just like what you did say Mm -hmm. though with Christians, like if we do love the Lord, like overall, Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be so much about those expectations. Yeah, because sometimes we put a lot of, like, expectations on, like, beauty and we adapt, like, what we think about, like, um, 
what we think about marriage and relationships from the culture around us, which says like, you know, beauty and like a compatibility or everything. Like, you know, people are all about the Enneagram. Like you have to be this type and this type. Then it's going to be, well, hey, this person is this type. It's not going to go well. And I think that's kind of unhealthy to do sometimes. And, uh, but there is really some stuff that should be considered um, when you're looking at it, um, especially. And so I think just use the Bible as your guide for that though. Um, so I have a couple applications and I think um, the first one is just that like single people invite married people into your lives and married people invite single people into your lives. It's like in Sam Albury's book, he says he just talks about his own life and how he will even ask to come over to married people's houses. And because sometimes it's hard for um, them to get their children together. And so he and ask, can I cook at your house and then stay there and just be welcome into their daily family routine? And I think that's really awesome because sometimes it's it's hard for the way it around for um, the busy lives of married people, but also um, if possible to both um, work your lives together is really helpful for thriving um, where you're at. And the next application is singleness is not a waste of your sexuality. And I think that's something that people can think of like, man, it's like, it's wasted, but it's not because we can walk out if that in all parts of our lives. And like you're saying, like being a person who like, you're walking out biblical womanhood in a way that's really awesome of like, you're using your gifts of nurturing and being welcoming and your gifts of relationships and teaching to like raise up labors for the kingdom. And so yeah, I, I think that's awesome. It's like we'll have like those who have left um, brothers or sisters or mothers or father or children for or lands for the sake of uh, my sake and for the gospel. They'll receive a hundredfold now in this time. Huh? Like, and he goes in the list of all those things. A hundred time in this time, we'll have those brothers and sisters in that comfort, and um, and so you see this the model of like um, you can raise up like families. I think that desire. Um, can be filled out in that way, um, too, and a lot. Um, uh, application would I had was just, um, like you said earlier, seek spiritual mentors in your life um, that can disciple you and give you a correct understanding of this. And then also I said, value your spiritual health more than your physical beauty or body. I think that's something that can um, become, you know, a battle. And um, But yeah, that's, those are the main things I had. And so I think just at the end of the day, I just hope people are walking away with this with a higher view of singleness and um, just wanting to worship God more with that. But yeah, I mean, is there any things you want to add? I guess just to really emphasize too, like it's okay to be single. And I think, I don't know, I think there's you know, almost, almost just like in Facebook, right? It's like, mm-hmm. what's your relationship status? Like you have to write either single or in a relationship with someone. But I do think, um, yeah, it's like if you are single, it's not about the status of being single versus just obedience mm-hmm. in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so I really just want to encourage um, not to be like proud and totally excited about it, but also just to just take courage and just, yeah, have a confidence um, in the Lord that this is your right time and your right place. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's like when you understand that, like, there's there's no like shame, like there's like a part of it of like it makes motivates you of like man, like Jesus was single, like Paul was single. This is a good thing. It just motivates you to pursue God more, 
and not saying like that marriage is ungodly because it's not i mean it's just like there's both Mm -hmm. different there you can be ungodly in marriage and you can be ungodly in singleness you know you can use your time um in ways that are not good and so yeah i think that's like awesome so this is kind of like embarrassing i guess or whatever but i wrote this letter like two years ago and it was like anonymous letter to encourage like the women like at our church and like we kind of sent this like the isu young group we we wrote to um the sisters and sisters wrote to the guys and so this is what i wrote at the very beginning and i'm gonna use this as our take-home verse at the end i'm gonna include it but um man i don't even know if i want to read this um just do it all right so several nights ago on one of the unusually warm spring nights i was looking in the sky and there were flashes of lightning and bright starry skies and silver murky clouds the breeze was blowing and it was beautiful and my first thoughts were i want to share this with someone i love and so i felt this emotion but then slowly as i looked at the sky i realized that these longings were just a murmuring of my true long expectant desire to share it with my creator the very one who breathed life into me look at what you made god isn't it wonderful the same god that calls me into his arms wants me to delight in his goodness to be in a deeply intimate relationship with him My affectionate emotional longings are only a taste, a drop in the bucket that pales in comparison to having a relationship with my God. And so that's how I started off the letter. I I pretty much just talk about how I think it's definitely something that can be hard. And I I continue to say like, it can be difficult at this stage in life when many people are getting married and seemingly growing up while your life stays the same. And I talk about this for a little bit. And so I think I, I talk. I bring in the verse that says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. And I think that's just something that um, we can all just take into our lives. And it's like, God is my portion. Whom do I have in heaven but you? I will be satisfied and um, live following you no matter where I am. And um, God will withhold no good thing from those who um, walk uprightly with him and I think that's something you can cling to and no matter where you're at in life and um, whether you're, you're married or single and I think that God um, wants to use you. So yeah, cool. Okay, so we're gonna end every episode by saying that and that's how you trust God, bro. So you wanna, I'll count you down and we can do it, okay? And that's how you trust God, bro.